care, but but the, but your nucleus, your your family, the people who have packed bags and drag bags through airports and been on 14 hour flights and have missed you for six months and all of those people, they need to see that finish line. And sometimes you have to make sacrifices just like they have made sacrifices to get to that finish line. What gets you to the finish line as whole as possible is where you wanna really be. I don't think any of us, I don't meet any malicious person who said, I'm just gonna spend 300 days every year away from my family, that's what I'm gonna do. No, it is a struggle. But I think, you know, this system you know, to be honest with you, you know, I, the system of achievement, you know, the military is a kind of a up or out kind of mentality, right? You, you constantly have to be doing at least something to even be average or be considered average by the, by the, the system that we judge people by. So th there, there are always these forcing mechanisms for you to even when sacrifice is not required to even consider sacrifice. Something as simple as there's a Saturday barbecue our Saturday a volunteer event, and you're a senior NCO, do I go to it or do I not? It's, you know, if, if, if I have leadership who says that I need you to be here because this is going to, you know, this is something that, you know, looks favorable upon you, do I go or do I not? Even little simple things like that um, make people, you know, question, you know, where, you know their, their loyalty to what they believe in. And, um, and, and it's just, it's, it's, it's the system, it's the system. But what I tell people is always do what, always do what makes you feel happy and what's gonna keep you and your life sustainable. Because at the end of the day, that uniform's gonna come off and you have to be in the house with these people. You have to set up another life with these people. You have to move on from the military with these people. So what you don't wanna do is recreate a whole nother way of life that, that, that is not something you didn't live for the last 20 years. So if you were just gone sacrificing, sacrificing on Saturdays because you were chasing this thing, now you're home, you're probably gonna try find something to either replace that with, or you're not gonna uh, have any connectiveness with your family to even take advantage of that new time that you have. Wow, that is some really good points. And, and about your book, by the way, your book blew me away. Your book doesn't even seem like a true story. Like, it seems like a fictional story. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? <laughs> you know what? Writing this book, you know what? Writing this book made me, you know, I took a lot, to be honest with Josh, I took a lot out of this book. You know, wow. uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I probably took a good 40 pages out of that book. Holy you cow. Know? Because I didn't want to take away from the story with too much what I considered negativity, right? It would have been too long to get into the, the what I was really trying to say. I think I said enough about things that have happened to me pre-military to get the point of where I was trying to go. Um, you know, I think if you look at, you know, Todd as a a kid growing up to where you ended up, is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable that you went from here to here. You know what I mean? Like most people have way more of a head start. And don't even come close to that. Not even, you know, not even near that. And so I was just blown away by the story. I, I truly was. And I connected with it on a lot of levels. Like there was a lot I could relate with. Yeah. Like I had, a, I didn't have a, a poor upbringing. My dad was actually enlisted and retired, then retired as a major. Um, he was in the uh, active guard out of Andrews. I grew up uh, in Waldorf, Maryland. Um, luckily, we didn't have to move around too much with him switching to the guard. 
but uh divorce pretty much ripped my family apart and caused me and my siblings to have a lot of neglect and to watch our family go through this turmoil like it gave me a ton of baggage that hell i didn't even know i had until i was out in the real world on my own and yeah it went it went kind of south for me my first six years in <laughs> it wasn't good it was not good the fact that i'm here as a master sergeant is the biggest win for me ever you know that i'm here today so you know when i read your story i could, i was i was really relating with you on that and then like facing mental health struggle like facing that really owning that and being able to share that like that's what i'm all about and the fact that we were kind of entering into this age of like that's okay like I'm going to use that list last four years to, you know, make airmen open up and feel as comfortable as possible and show them that like today I, I talked to a counselor, like the BHOP counselors that you can, oh, yeah. yeah. I talked to one today. Why? Because I don't want to tell my wife all my problems or my dad or my mom. Like there's a certain point where your family can't help you, you know I mean? That's they're biased. And so I'm going to use the tools that I have available, which is a BHOP provider who I can call from my office get stuff off my chest and get honest feedback from this person. I, I did that literally today. Yeah. I'm, and I, and I applaud you for that, man. I tell you, man, I was at AU, man. And I tell you, I, I never forget. I tell this story a lot that I walked into um, see a BHOP, right? I was in the, I was in there for something completely different. Right. And then I filled out the little form basically that says that the form that essentially most of us lie on for majority of our career where they, you know, when you the intake form at the hospital and they tell you how you're feeling today from a one to 10, I really, I really um, filled it out correctly that day. I think I put like a three on there or something, you know, and, and, and have you been having these thoughts and all this stuff? And I feel that correctly. And this day I was in, I was in my blues and I had my, um, my lightweight jacket on. So I had my stripes on my lightweight jacket. So, and my picture is up literally right next to the, to, to they probably air. thought you were like testing them or something. Yeah. So I give him the form and he looks down at the form and he looks at me and he looks down at the form and he looks at me. He did it like four or five times. But you know what? I tell that story. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, can be a funny story when I tell it. But I tell a story out of sadness, too, because I'm the command chief. I'm the senior most enlisted person on this base. And I have an airman that's just totally in shock that anything would be wrong with me. Right. That's how and, abnormal it is to for someone in that position to admit anything like that period dot and, and it was embarrassing it was and i went i talked to the b-hop that day in uniform i went back to the b-hop a couple times in uniform but but that that interaction with that a1c really really ratcheted up really ratcheted up my my um my speaking about mental health you know my last that was probably about a good year before i retired that really ratcheted up you know i think I mean, it's just, it just, it, and when I, even the first time I went to the B-Hop and, and I told this story and it was, and I think she, she probably was working with the military for that though. She told me 12 or 13 years at this point. And she was with the Navy, she was with the Air Force. And she was looking at my uniform the first time I went and spoke with her. And she was looking at my uniform and she was looking at my stripes in the start. And she had a rank, you know, the, the rank chart on her cubicle thing. And she was looking at it and she looked at my strikes. And I said, you know, what's, what's, what's up? You know, she was like, I've never seen one of those in my office. I've never seen one of those close up. She was talking about my strikes. Wow. Again, I was, I was embarrassed. I was a chief for seven years. And I'm not saying this is a chief thing. This can be anyone, right? I was just embarrassed for myself that 
I know I've been to mental health as a chief. I've been to mental health as a senior mass surgeon. I've been to mental health as a mass surgeon. I've been to mental health as a tech surgeon, a staff, a I've been to mental health. I've been I've, I've been seeing a chaplain for about 20 years of my career. Or some, you know, some some you know, I've had anxiety, I've had depression, I've had, I've had all of these things. Um, and I not had, I have, you know, that things that you that you that I still deal with. And I just felt that, you know, when we talk about what's the key to solving mental health. And it's not really, I hate when we use terminology like that, but it's about just what's the key to solving anything. It's about honesty. It's about transparency. And, that, and I'm not no hero because it was a part of my career where I did not talk about this stuff. So what I'm trying to say is the more we become normalized in this conversation, like, I don't know how many, I grew up as security forces 20 years. I don't know how many offices I worked in or how many organizations we all work in and we see the in and out board and anybody will go to that in and out board in a heartbeat and put going to the dentist appointment. I'm going to my PHA. I'm going to my physical therapy. I know I've, been, I've supervised a ton of people. You supervise a ton of people. How many times your, your folks come up with no hesitation? Hey, sorry, I'm going to the dental appointment. Hey, I have physical therapy on my back today. Hey, I have all these things. Hey, my, and my kid has this. They'll talk about all of these, but no one rarely ever comes up and go, hey, Sergeant White, I'm headed over to mental health for my BHOP appointment, or I'm headed to the hospital. Why is that the negativity that stops? I mean, why is that the line that we stop at? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I, I think it's I, up to us to normalize it, though. Yeah, I've had young airmen come tell me that they were going to get treated for you know, a STD. I'm just being, I mean, just on it. They, I mean, they'll come, they'll feel comfortable enough to come tell me that, but they can't tell me they're going to mental health. Right. No, that you're right. That is a really good point. Uh, and I work in public health, so I appreciate that point. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so no, and I'm just, you know, I mean, that I'm trying, I'm not trying to make a graphic analogy. What I'm trying to say is that's how, that's how shameful we have made a conversation that's not shameful. And I know plenty of people who wear chief stripes. I know plenty of people who wear, you know, oak leaf clusters, kernels and stuff who will do the same thing. But I'm just being real. It's not normalized where it's enough. Right. And, and, it, and it's not because it's not normalized where, because for me, and, 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 it's, and it's a heavy burden. It's not a burden. It's a heavy, it's a heavy thing to carry, right? So if you're going to be in that space and own the things that are, going on with you, but you got to be ready that people are going to trust you enough to tell you the things that are going on with them. And what do you do with that, right? So you got to have, you got to have a little bit of empathetic characteristics to be able to accept the fact that people are, are everybody around you, there's probably half of those people who are looking for help. They're just doing it in silence. And the minute that they feel like you are the person that they can talk to, you have a responsibility now. And I don't, sometimes I think that's, is that's the other side of the fear about talking about our own individual problems is that, hey, do I, how do I deal with this, my own issues, and how do I deal in a position of leadership with other people's issues? Because it's easy to become a checklist person, right? One of my biggest flaws as a leader is because I follow the checklist.